Welcome to a new episode of the brand called You. Today I have a very very accomplished corporate leader Sunil D'Souza with me. Sunil, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks Ajitosh. So, Glad to be here. Thank you. Sunil is an engineer and uh, an MBA from IIM Calcutta. He is currently the managing director and CEO of Tarak Consumer Products and just before that he was the managing director of Whirlpool India. Sunil, tell me a little bit about your early life, your early learnings and some of your challenges. uh so uh, early life basically uh, my dad used to work for the atomic energy baba atomic research center was where i grew up so grade uh, 1 to 12 walked for about 5 to 10 minutes to school so that was in the shelter of campus mm-hmm. after that stepped out did my engineering worked for a couple of years before i figured out being an engineer would not get me far enough went back to do my management I, I, in those days finance was in vogue but i chose to do marketing uh, and then joined uh, hindustan lever that time they recruited as a group they sent me to lipton mm-hmm. uh, uh, moved a couple of times after that standard chartered coke pepsico 15 years with pepsico whirlpool and uh, now finally tata consumer products so that's uh, the critical thing is i think uh, i i have always tried to do what i would love to do it's not uh, like i said even in campus i mean finance was in work but i did marketing mm-hmm. even when i moved roles or jobs uh, i have either accepted or rejected basis what i would love to do there was one mistake in my career which i made when i didn't follow this principle mm-hmm. for a very brief period uh, when i quit uh, hindustan lever at that time it was lipton mm-hmm. brookbond lipton i i moved to standard chartered bank which was setting up credit cards in india Okay. I quickly realized that is uh, not uh, uh, the banking culture, etc., etc., was not something I would fit in. And then I came back to the consumer uh, field very quickly. Or as they would say, that wasn't your cup of tea. Absolutely right. <laughs> okay. So moving on, you know, Sunil, you spent a very large part of your life with FMCG. Then you spent, uh, you know, building a consumer durable brand in Whirlpool. Uh, with so much experience uh, in fmcg tell me what goes into building a successful brand you know it is not one ingredient uh, itself ashutosh a lot of people will talk about doing strategy right or doing positioning right and uh, making great products i think getting the whole marketing mix right mm-hmm. i think i think that is a critical piece so it, all the pieces have to come together perfectly the other piece is you know a lot of a lot of emphasis is laid on strategy but i would say strategy and execution have to go hand in hand uh, you you will get some way by doing execution and not strategy but you will get nowhere by doing only strategy and no execution i think getting that balance right is also critical and the last piece i would say is uh, keeping a focus on people ultimately it is people who make the difference a motivated uh, team ambitious and hungry i think that is the other key wonderful wonderful and you know it's often been said that brands are living beings you know they're like children the more nurturing you give them the better they get right but you know the brands that you have worked for have lasted for centuries if i can use or certainly for many many decades what ingredients are needed for a brand to stay relevant for a long period of time No, so so right i mean people uh, just because a brand is old doesn't mean it goes away i think i think there the darwinian law applies mm-hmm. it's it's not the fittest and the strongest to survive it is the easiest to adapt 
i think brands have to constantly look around whether it is uh, their consumers whether it is their supply chains whether it is the distribution channels i think they've got to constantly figure out what it is that they need to change about themselves to make themselves relevant mm-hmm. and as long as you keep doing that i think you will continue to chug along i i mean i can give you the examples of coke and pepsi right mm-hmm. they've stayed relevant through the years and they've made the right amount of changes uh, we've got uh, the company that i work for tata consumer products we've got tetley we've got 8 o'clock 160 180 year old brands mm. and they're still going strong mm. but new product innovation new ways of communication making sure you're getting your your you're tweaking your target segment from time to time to stay relevant i think those are the critical pieces so before i move further tell me a little bit about tata tata consumer products what are the brands you have in your portfolio oh uh, so uh, tata consumer products the big brands in india are tata tea and tata salt we've just acquired our stake of we've just acquired pepsico's 50% stake in our joint venture and taken on the liquid part of the portfolio so we have himalayan tata water plus and tata gluco plus those are still, still fledgling i think we've got a uh, way to go before we say that they're strong uh, powerful brands mm-hmm. then we've got in our foods business we've got this new emerging tata sampan which is in in the kitchen uh, food ingredient brand if i may mm-hmm. uh internationally we've got 8 uh, o'clock we, uh, coffee in the us we've got tetley which is in about 40 45 countries around the world uh, we've got another tea brand in the us called good earth which is into the new age teas if i uh, if i may and in the, in the uk we've got a premium brand called tea pigs so yeah a large number of brands uh, around the critical piece is to make sure that uh, we get each one right both on strategy and execution very true so you know that's an interesting segue into my next question which is you know this is the world of digit you know this is the digital world what is needed for a brand to succeed in the digital world i think first, firstly let me paraphrase by saying that like i said you've got to get all pieces of the marketing mix right so assuming that you've got it right i think there are two critical things that brands have to remember when they move to the digital world one is a piece on communication the other is a piece on commerce right you've got to make sure that your media pieces are well aligned to catch your consumer where the consumer is right. and the second piece is what commerce e-commerce allows a consumer to do is shop the world at their fingertips i think making sure that you get those pieces right mm-hmm. uh, and adapt uh, to the changing consumer for example in appliances in, in china uh, about 40% of appliances are sold online right. in india the percentage was about 1 to 2% about 5 years back today mm-hmm. i would say it is uh, north of uh, 9 and 10 wow. yeah and that piece moves very rapidly so you've got to keep a close eye those capabilities are not very easy to build a lot of times you got to go find digital natives the younger generation to actually come in and uh, really transform the digital both the communication and the commerce pieces okay okay so again you know uh, next question is really on the e-commerce platforms you know when i was growing up in itc it was all about making sure the supply chain was strong which is still the case but it was all about making sure it was available at the local panwala now the single largest buyer seems to have become become an e-commerce platform how is uh, you know distribution marketing and brands adapting 
to these e-commerce platforms? I, I think Ashutosh, the basics of uh, execution don't change very much. It's just a different uh, channel, right? So, uh, like you said, uh, uh, availability is critical. So is it on e-commerce. You don't have availability for a couple of days. Next day, the social media will all be buzzing about it and everyone knows. So, you've got to be extremely mindful, agile and quick to participate on the e-commerce e uh, platforms. Mm -hmm. The second piece, I think, critical thing is, uh, or two pieces. A, information is widely available. Uh, so it is not that you walk into the Kirana store and say, uh, you know, I just want to buy a pack of biscuits or I want to pack, buy a pack of tea and the fellow just places that brand in front of you. Correct. Today, the consumer, especially with the, the digital media and e-commerce sites is extremely aware and therefore more targeted on which brand to go for. So it's not recommendation is not the Kirana stores. It is the consumer deciding more by crowdsourcing, if I may call it. The second piece is price transparency. I think in many, very many categories, uh, there is a huge difference between what the uh, offline retailer buys and the price at which they sell. And even if they say they're giving you a discount, there's still a hefty margin out there. Correct. I think I think the e-commerce platforms are pushing margins lower and lower so that the consumer is the net beneficiary. I think that is the other critical piece to remember. Correct. But, you know, uh, the fact that there is such a large amount of discounting that goes on, is this sustainable for brands? You know, Ashutosh, a lot of uh, discounting is not necessarily by the brand, it is also by the platform. Exactly. As the platforms are running after uh, eyeballs uh, mm -hmm. or uh, GMVs or whatever you may call it. I mean, they are the, also the ones who are putting money out of their pockets to make sure they attract, they, they use this loss leader concept phenomenally well. Uh, all these big sales which happen, etc. Not necessarily that they're dipping into their pockets all the time and not necessarily that brands are dipping into the pockets all the time, but, but discounts, a decent portion comes out of the margins. And like what I said, they operate with far slimmer margins uh, and a decent enough portion comes from brands, but also from the pockets of the retailers themselves. So the next question to you, Sunil, is that, uh, you know, the role of analytics. I mean, you know, I remember when I was growing up again, it was a 13 column sheet, which evolved into a Lotus one, two, three, but today everything is numbers. How important is analytics for brands? And the follow up question is, are we overdoing it? Uh, I wouldn't comment on the overdoing. There could be people overdoing, but I couldn't uh, underemphasize the or overemphasize the importance of uh, data and analytics. Okay. Because theoretically, Ashutosh, in today's uh, world, especially with the digital footprints of people, mm. you can have a target segment of one, mm. right? You don't have to say 28 to 35 year old, male, urban. You can actually say, I want to target Mr. Ankur Shah sitting in uh, Dombivili, right? And then go after that. I, I mean, that is what analytics can get you if you get it right. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, you know, if you, if you get it right and automate it, decision making, which is simple number driven decision making, then you're not relying on people. Mm -hmm. So huge amount of efficiency can be driven through the systems. Right. Very interesting. Because, you know, everyone around the world now seems to be only talking analytics, you know, and I so, 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 so data is the new oil. I would say it, it is data is not the new oil. The critical piece is the engines which will use that oil mm. 
I think uh, that, that is where analytics come in. You, I mean, everyone collects data. The critical thing is what will you do with that data to fine tune both segmenting and targeting consumers on the front end mm -hmm. as well as driving efficiency through your supply chain and the back end. I think that is the critical piece. Very interesting. So my next question to you is that, you know, you have so far worked in multinationals who come into India. Now you are with an Indian company that has gone multinational. Culturally, how are they different? No, they're not very different. I mean, this is the first time uh, in my working career that I've worked for a non-Western MNC, if Absolutely. I may call it. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it didn't strike me till very late after I had accepted and ready to join. Oh, oh, this is a change. I I am not sure uh, what what the future uh, holds. But when you walk in, I think whether it is the uh, caliber of people, whether it is the pedigree whether it is the work ethics, more importantly, organization ethics, I see no difference. Mm. If anything, I would say uh, multinationals that I work for are large bureaucratic global and therefore a lot of layers to tackle and a lot of uh, uh, people and functions to maneuver before you can get decisions. Mm. I think if anything, I, I would say the Tata Consumer Products and the whole Tata Group, uh, my initial impression is as long as you've got your logic right, decision-making can become far, far faster. Okay. That's a very, very interesting perspective. So my next question to you is, I've, and again, this is, I've, I've asked for many people, and I myself have been an expat outside India for many, many years. In your opinion, what makes uh, Indians such good expatriate managers around the world? So uh, I would say it's about three things yeah uh, number number one is uh, we are a billion people billion plus people right so right from day one you've got to compete whether it's for the seat in the school the job that you have or uh, the exams that you write i mean the if for anything and everything nothing comes uh, on a platter you've got to figure out your way push your way through and then survive if i if i may call it and that's that's what helps that spirit of constantly competing, constantly moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's one. The second one is, you know, when you say India, I, I would say it is many Indias, right? Sure. I, I had a boss who uh, once said, you know, uh, when I had asked him uh, in Vietnam, I mean, you don't understand the language. You don't, the food is different. Yeah, all the cultural nuances are all different. Mm -hmm. uh, even the places that you stay are different. I mean, how do you adapt? He said, you know, I'm a Punjabi. Because my last posting was in Chennai. Okay. You know what? I didn't I, I didn't like the rice. I, I, I needed my rotis. I, I couldn't read a single uh, shop board. I couldn't understand what the retailer said. The clothes were different. You know what? What's different about Chennai and Vietnam? Nothing, right? So that's the second piece. Uh, and the third piece is, I think, given India's history uh, and the way we've had to deal with bureaucracy and... Uh, systemic lethargy, if I may, and still make things work, especially in the corporate world. I, I think that enables you to say that, I mean, I know how to tackle things, I can be persistent, and I will move things. So these two, three things, I think, where Indian expats in good uh, stead when they move out. That's, that's very well explained. Thank you. So my next question to you is a question that is, I think, asked all the time by every individual when they move jobs. What is better? Is it better to stay for a long period of time with one organization 
or is it better to keep moving jobs as in when you keep an opportunity getting an opportunity to get a bigger role see both have their pros and cons ashish i wouldn't say one is better one is worse yeah for example if you stay in an organization for a long time you understand the organization inside out you build the right skill set to survive and thrive uh, within that organization there is every organization has politics right and you know what are the politics and how to tackle it you, you understand whom do i have to move to get what decision who are the powers that be who will decide uh, business as well as my career sort of things so that's the advantages there on the other side moving jobs i would say it makes you much more adaptable because you understand each organization is different uh, and all the pieces that i mentioned decision makers politics culture hierarchy all those pieces you quickly learn to adapt uh, yeah so that is the better piece of it now like i said one is uh, one or the other is uh, not better or worse but the one thing that especially i look out for or i make sure that i do not get into recruiting people uh, is person who is moving too quickly right so people should have stayed decent amounts of time in an organization before moving on else jumping non stop is not a good thing i would say very good very good so my last question to you on work before i move to some personal questions this is the age of millennials and now the gen z's are coming in how are these young people who have a very different mind from what i certainly had how are they changing working conditions and the way you do your work i think ashtos it is critical that the organizations change is to stay in tune with the times because ultimately this is the workforce that you have to attract these are the people who are going to build the company for the future right very many things about the work culture itself whether it is flexible hours work, work from home is now you figured out that you, everyone can make it work i mean right. in covid times yeah. locations i mean in lot of the western countries it was always a done thing say that you live in san francisco but work in new york right and take the red eye come back yeah. uh, the new generation is using that so you can't push for locations very easily right. the second piece is from a brand perspective right organize uh, organizations which have uh, sustainability at the core of their brands which have cause marketing at the heart of their uh, marketing uh, programs uh, i i think the younger generation is much more tuned to that uh, rather than people of my genre or older uh, and the third one is uh, i think this is a very the, the the generations which are coming in are not going to stay with an organization for a long time just because it's a good name or it's got good brands they are also looking for careers learning contributing etc so having very clear thought through career road maps for people uh, i think is the other critical piece not not going with the old time this thing of you know you do 5 years in this role and 3 years in this role and yeah. so you've got to have a very clear if you achieve abc then you move to this job or this role or this position i think that is the other piece which organizations need to get clear very very good so let me move to a few personal questions now you know uh, first one you said was in, in when i was reading about you you said that you like tinkering with stuff tell me more so uh, uh, let me say i'm an engineer mm -hmm. by profession originally mm -hmm. and therefore i'm curious i i would like to figure out how things work yeah a lot of times when i take things apart then ultimately when i put them back they don't work that's a different matter okay. uh, also also you know 
I have this inherent this thing of not liking something which is not working or, or not right, hmm. and I would try and go and try and fix it, whether it is software, whether it is some electronic stuff, or even just plain sticking and putting stuff together. I, I, and for me, it is also a stress buster, if I may. Hmm. Yeah, it takes your mind off everything else and puts focus only on that piece, and then you come back and it's like control all del on all the thoughts that were running in your head. Hmm. Okay. Well said. The next question is that you know over the years, are there any specific people who've had an influence on you, and if yes, what have you learned from them? You know, give me two examples. I would say one is on the personal front. Personal front is my dad. Uh, so his work ethic, his family uh, orientation, and importance for education. I mean. Uh, my dad was a post grad in that and uh, scientist yeah. said so yeah so uh, i mean that that had a huge bearing on my life uh, about uh, what i want to do how i would do it and education etc second piece uh, on the work front i would say two people i would mention one is uh, tim mingis who was then asia president at a point in time in tachiko mm-hmm. uh, and mark bitzer who's the current ceo of whirlpool globally I think these two people. Uh, so two things about them, which I, I, I mean, I, I look up to, a their ability to move sixty thousand feet as well as six feet. I would say getting uh, the strategy right, but at the same time on the ground to make sure execution is right. I think that's one piece. Second, both humble but hungry people. Uh, so I would say these are the two two qualities about them which I keep looking up to. And what would be the three adjectives that describe Sunil? I would say a analytical. Mm-hmm. I would like to think through, look at data, look at different sources before jumping to any conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I use gut, but layered upon data, not not gut alone. Okay. Uh, second is people. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that the people I work for, uh, people who work for me, uh, think of me as more than a boss, more as a friend. whom they can reach out to who will be happily putting the shoulder to the wheel if they need it okay. and the third piece is i think execution okay sunil can follow through and make sure the last nail is bolted on right wonderful wonderful so moving on uh, you know one of the things that i have often uh, said is that in india we don't like to talk of failure and yet all of us fail several times So my question to you is, what are some of your learnings from some of your mistakes or failures? So I think I alluded to it earlier. Uh, the one mistake in my career, uh, and I said I I I I think the critical thing is I would rather do what I like to do rather than get into a more glamour, money, or uh, something which hits the headlines, right? And that one mistake which I did when I was looking to move out of Hindustan Lever that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lipton uh, was uh, it sounded glamorous uh, standard chartered credit cards yeah it looked like consumer business uh, and everything all the other marketing elements associated with it but when i moved in i quickly realized that's not what i want to do and that's not what i like mm-hmm. and then i think that mistake has probably shaped my choices on my career moves through the years yeah so i've always then patiently step back looked at the whole piece before jumping in hmm. so i i well, it was probably around a 9 month stint 
9-10 months stint in Standard Chartered. But uh, that was the one mistake in my career which I made and I think I learned from that. So my last question to you, um, and this is, you know, thousands and thousands of people will watch you and we speak and a lot of youngsters who may have worked for you, who look up to you. My question is that uh, for a young individual starting off life in the corporate world, what would your advice be to them? So I, I would say probably I leave them with uh, three pieces. Mm -hmm. Number one, there is no shortcut to success, right? It, it is plain and simple hard work and putting in the long hard hours and uh, going through the whole process. Yes, there will be those few and far in between who have achieved, a, got a brilliant idea, commercialized it and achieved success, but the broad majority don't. That's one. Second one is, I would repeat what I said uh, as a personal uh, thing is, do what makes you happy. Okay. Uh, because ultimately life is a marathon, right? It is not a 100 meter sprint. It is a series of runs which you've got to do the long haul. Right. So for that, make sure that you, you're always happy doing what you're doing. Don't fall for the latest fad or the uh, biggest thing which is around the corner. Number three uh, is as you move on in life, ultimately, it's all about people. Remember that whether it is your peer group or whether it's the people who work for you or initially the people you work for, you have to learn from them. Mm. Ultimately, when you reach higher levels, the people that work for you have to look up to you and uh, uh, see you as a friend more than a boss, see you as a leader and a friend. Mm. So these are the three critical things I would say I would uh, leave people with. So Neil, thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to you and thank you for all your wise comments and words. I wish you lots and lots of success with Tata Consumer Products. Thank you. Thank you, Ashutosh. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.